episode of But Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Courtney. Today, I'm joined again by my wonderful friend, Erica. Hey! And we are going to do some special spooky issues of But Have You Heard About? And for this one, we are going to talk about the Wailing Woman of Texas, as well as La Llorona. And I'm going to actually let Erica speak way more about this because she is more knowledgeable about this than I am. Because we're not asking you about the woman who died to herself at a Girl Scout camp before it was a Girl Scout camp. But anyways, Erica, would you like to give a little bit of the basis behind this legend? Sure. I think like all through Texas history, there's a few different legends of different kind of wronged women who have kind of committed sins against their family or their children or had sins committed against them that then go on to be these kind of like vengeful folklore figures. One of those is the uh, Mexican folklore tale of La Llorona. And the basis for that is actually, wow, it's a bunch of different things mixed in. It's got like Texas folklore mixed in, Mexican legend, um, even dating back to like some Aztec imagery. So the basis behind it is actually that, well, I guess I should start out with the way that the legend actually is told, which is that there is a woman who parents kind of hold over the heads of their kids for misbehaving, which is kind of messed up if you think about it already. Yeah. And the legend behind it was that she drowned her children. And so you better behave if you don't want La Llorona to come for you, because I guess she would come and drown you. Like, I'm not sure what the actual fear factor there is. But she drowned her own children. Infanticide so is really weird. I get it for her situation. Right, right. Apparently, um, it comes from like, or, or the reason that she did it was because her husband left her, or her husband, in some stories, cheated on her, or didn't want her anymore, basically. And so she murders their children together. And then when she realizes what she's done, she feels so bad that she commits suicide. I mean, that's a really sad story. It is a really sad story. And the root of it actually has something to do with whenever the Spaniards would come over and have children with the indigenous women. A lot of the time, if the Spanish women came over, they would drop the indigenous women because they were kind of like viewed as less than because of racism. So they would drop the indigenous women, but they would take their children away from them when they did. So the children would then go be raised along with the other Spaniard children. But the women were kind of like basically exiled from this man that they had had a relationship with. And, you know, of course, they don't have possession of their children anymore. So that's kind of like the root of the story right there. That is a, uh, yeah, that's a pretty depressing story. It's a great way to kick off um, the special series. But I kind of like, you can even look at it as just that folklore itself that you have this one woman who was wronged by either her current husband or, or if he had passed away and she was left alone and she wanted to give her kids a better life. Cause she was like, I can't, she's like, you'll be better not being alive. And you can mm-hmm. see that a lot in mental health issues. Um, just because I grew up outside Houston, I would even kind of put that with Andrea Yates who drowned her kids in a bathtub. Sure. And it's a weird kind of more modern day twist on it. And she had mental health issues, but she thought it was the best way for her children because they didn't need to be um, case of insanity was that the kids didn't need um, they shouldn't be alive anymore because the world is so horrible. Not trying to say that she would be considered like the wailing woman of today or anything pulled through different art and stuff. And if you watch just different movie or shows that kind of have that theme, I even think of that Netflix show, um, The Haunting of Hill House, where Mm -hmm. She's going crazy. And her whole idea is that she needs them to wake up by killing them as children. Then they wouldn't have to go through like this horrible life that she sees them having in the future. 
I see this as like a great story, a great legend. Um, definitely rooted in Mexican culture. It is definitely a very Texas thing. And depending on where it's being told depends on which name it's going to use, whether it's the Wailing Woman or La Llorona. I preface I am horrible with anything that's Spanish. But I I can see this as being just a really over, like it's a story as old as time. And then to use that as like a way to be like, look, if you don't behave well, La Llorona is going to come get you or the Wailing Woman is going to come get you. And normally she's supposed to be bound by like, lakes and rivers or any body of water because again she supposedly drowned her kids in one of the legends and the other one is using a knife or a dagger so you would not want to be near water and i think that was a good a good threat to be like if you go to that body of water without me there she's gonna get you right i think a lot of it is more kind of based around like if you misbehave though which i think that's kind of weird to threaten a child like <laughs> Then this other person's mother who already drowned them is going to come drown you too. You know, it seems like a strange threat to make to me. But, you know, I would I would even say, like, uh, you brought up Andrea Yates. Of course, mental issues like that and, and postpartum and those different things didn't just crop up recently. You know, they've always existed. We just didn't diagnose them. People didn't understand them. But they've existed for as long as women have been having children, I'm sure. So I might wonder, too, like, if part of these stories and part of these folklore tales come from women really having postpartum and people not under, not understanding that phenomenon, um, and so they were demonizing it, it wouldn't definitely wouldn't be the first time that mental health was demonized. Exactly, and that is a great way to think about that. When it comes to like any sort of legends, especially, it always feels like when it's a woman involved, it always feels like they are being cast in a very bad light over something that they were just being misunderstood about versus mm-hmm. if they'd gotten the right help, things would have been better. Right, right. And I mean, we'd be remiss if we did not mention that the number one way that men are able to excuse women's strong emotions is called crazy. I mean, you ever heard the term crazy ex-girlfriend? Oh, yeah. How many people have a crazy ex-girlfriend, but how many of those girlfriends were actually crazy? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's typecasting women as all exes have to be crazy. And yet somehow there's no crazy ex-boyfriends. I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, I, I have got one, but (laughs) I think that it's kind of, you know, one of those, like the way to the quickest way to delegitimize someone is to make them seem crazy. Yes. They're insane. So whatever they're telling you about me, isn't true because they're crazy. Exactly. I wonder if a little bit of that has come into play with some of these legends. I, you know, I would, I agree that using the term crazy and let's say that the legend is rooted in a true story. You have family members that don't know how to respond to what happened because you don't really know what to call it and you don't really know what was happening. And instead of like letting it cause disgrace or dishonor to your family, you call her crazy and you say she just went crazy Mm -hmm. one day and she snapped. Like what happens with a lot of ghost stories is that one day someone snapped and something happened or you depressed and something happened. So I I could see a way to kind of quell that family from being distraught. So you use the word crazy to describe this family member and it's always women are crazy. And that's why they did, you know, the quote unquote crazy thing they did was because they're crazy you take into account that then they're taking this woman who essentially for one reason or another was left without a husband and no way to raise these children so she murdered them then to turn her into this like eons long vengeful spirit (laughs) to me is like a really kind of weird way to look at it like it's essentially victim blaming you know like they were the victims of these terrible circumstance but now we're going to make them into this monster for the rest of eternity which brings me to donkey lady if you're ready oh i'm ready let's go into donkey lady 
Okay, so Donkey Lady is a completely different legend from La Llorona. I do believe that they both have roots in um, Mexican folklore, but Donkey Lady did not drown her children. What happened to her was that her husband set her and her children on fire, and she was able to escape, but she was not able to save her children because they were already burned up. She was able to, to escape, but had the, like, terrible deformities that she was made to look like a donkey through her charred flesh and just these disfigurements that she gained through the fire. Um, and so she ran down and jumped in the river close to their house and died. Well, so now Donkey Lady, kind of like the Lady in White or Wailing Woman, is always found around bodies of water. She's got a face that looks like a donkey and her hands and feet are melted off. So she's got limbs that look like foot. Um, and she apparently lures men to their death. Um, but in some stories, she lures children, too. So she's either so grief-struck in about losing her own children that she lures other people, or she's vengeful, so she lures a man to his death in the river. I want to go with the vengeful part because, I, you know what, I will 110% be down with her to be vengeful and take out some men. Especially if you're like, look, <laughs> feels you would do this to her, to like your own family. So she's going to take you out. And with that legend. I'm yeah. Well, so it's interesting because once again, we have somebody that if this has any truth behind it at all, like they were a victim to a terrible, terrible crime. Exactly. Um, but folklore has now shaped them to be the villain. And it's kind of like, I, you know, I don't know. Should she be the villain in the cir- circumstance or should we all be like, girl? Come on, let's drink some tequila, talk it out. <laughs> right. Or I even think about it as when you think of like ghosts or spirits remaining um, in any sort of like paranormal show you may watch or whatever, there's always a, like a person who's like, that explains that most spirits are there or stay behind because they have a reason to stay behind. And when you look at these and you turn them into these vengeful women, I'm like, because they were wronged in life, of course, you're going to have them being vengeful in death. So to me, it's just, it's weird to make them out to be like this, like I think we said before, victim blaming, where you're blaming the victim. And that's why they're now considered like a folk legend, or they're either a demon, or they're an apparition, or whatever you want to call it. But when you see things that are maybe not there, or you want to believe that there are certain things, but for them to stay around, I could see it being like for a reason. And the reason is because they were treated wrongfully in their life or how their life ended. And it's just, it's weird to like turn them into these bad, not bad, but like these vengeful spirits when honestly they were just wronged by other people. Right. And then to use them to hold over other people's heads to get them to behave correctly. I, the whole thing about that just weirds me out a lot. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like that is so weird. And I want to say there's a beer named after the donkey lady. There is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has her own beer. Look. Yeah. She got something out of she's this. She's kind of San Antonio. Yeah, she's kind of San Antonio Bay. <laughs> I can just, I can see it. San Antonio Bay is a donkey lady at the donkey lady bridge. Yeah. One of the things with all these legends yeah. that we talk about is you can never find like the pinpoint where it is. Like there's multiple bridges that she could be at or same with, the Wailing Woman is that there's multiple different places that she could be from or she could find you. And we talked about, you know, Bloody Mary. If you go and say that in a bathroom in front of a mirror with the lights out, why would Bloody Mary ever come over to the U.S.? It's kind of beyond me. I'm like, that isn't she like busy haunting stuff over in like England where she died because of her cousin? I don't like, know. It's like a generalized haunting, you know? Yeah. Like, um, Bloody Mary, I mean, that story still still cracks me up. Or the fact that, that people can are, are able to hold on to that so far past childhood 
where I know adults that aren't even willing to do that. I'm not willing to do it. You know, I'm you're not, not willing. Okay. So are, so are you a skeptic or a believer then? Okay. So I would say I'm a little bit of both, but I'm more of a, probably a believer in the, in the sense that I don't want to tempt my faith. I don't want to tempt karma. I don't want a spirit to follow me home. And then you either have bad luck. Um, we had talked before about wanting to talk about Robert the doll. And if you don't know about Robert the doll, well, lucky you go look it up. But I was too scared <laughs> to talk about Robert the doll without getting permission first. And I was, and I was like, well, I didn't write a letter to him or call the museum to ask him to put the phone up there. Cause if you don't supposedly, like if you take a photo with him in the museum, supposedly bad things will happen to you. And I'm not, I'm not really ready for bad, like more bad things to happen in 2020. That's, that's it. So definitely I, I agree that Robert could make for an interesting end of 2020. Like that would could be an interesting cap off. Like first there's a coop, then there's a escaped like murderous doll. <laughs> <laughs> like he's in Florida. Just <laughs> That's how December goes is murder dolls. Just in case anybody doesn't know. That's what I've got for December. It's my bingo card now. Okay. So no Robert, no Robert. Um, Robert. Did you... Did you find during your research for the haunted ladies, did you find any actual concrete evidence of any of these stories taking place? No. Not generally, but like specific. No. And that is what boggles my mind. So we're going to talk about a lot more of them, but for the most part, I can't find records of anyone either being murdered, suicide, or this was an actual person, or this was an actual event that happened, or this person really existed. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I, I believe that a lot of states have like the same type of lore. And it's almost like somebody brought the, you know, the scary campfire story with them from, you know, another state. And we all have a lot of the same scary stories, in a sense, right. scary stories to tell in the dark. And not all of them are factless, but it's really hard to find facts when technically it happened, you know, 10 states over. So you got to like make facts mm-hmm. up for it to be Texan related. But with these women, right. I find a real woman. Yeah. I mean, I guess potentially for some of them, it would have been so long ago. You know, I feel like it's mostly just like a generalized story of things that have happened over the years and they've added different elements to it. And so that's how it's developed naturally into what it is today. I think that's a pretty good, fair assessment. I read somewhere and I really like the quote or the thought is that most ghosts are given names because we need to feel like we can know them. And, mm-hmm. you know, if history is a self-congratulatory narrative of a community written by its victorious elite, then our ghosts will often problematize and haunt such tidy romanticisms of back in the day. Yeah, I like that. I like the person who said that and I will find their name and I will give them the credit that is credit is due in our podcast. So I think this is going to be good for our first rendition of our okay. but have you heard about, and I promise you guys join us on another episode. It's going to be just as exciting and you'll get to hear more fun, mostly Texas stuff, which is what I'm all about. And a lot of San Antonio stuff because we both live in San Antonio. So that's going to be it for this episode. And I hope you have a spooky rest of your night. Bye.